0: If you have your Bibles this morning, one open to Mark chapter 1. We're going to look there today. There there was a little boy, and he wanted to go fishing down at the lake. And he asked his mom, can I go? And she said, sure, but you need to bring your little sister along. And he began to protest vigorously, and he said, Mama, Mama, the last time she came with me, I didn't catch a single fish. And the mom said, well, I I promise I'll talk to her, and, and she won't make any noise this time. And the boy said, Mom, it wasn't the noise. It was, she ate all my bait. <laughs> you know, I've come to this conclusion that there are basically four reasons that people don't catch fish. First, some people are using the wrong bait. Second, some people are fishing in the wrong lake. That is, they don't know where the fish are. Three, some people got the right bait and they're at the right lake, but they just don't know how to fish. And four, some people are at the right lake and they have the right bait and they know how to fish. They're just not going fishing. See, Jesus came, not only that we might put our faith in him, he came that we might go fishing with him. And you see, our problem is not that we have the wrong lake. right? The water is full of fish. The problem is is not that we have the wrong bait. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe our problem is either ignorance or apathy. Because I think there are a lot of Christians that, that believe in their mind that, that they don't know how to share Jesus. And then there are others who just don't want to go and do it. Well, this morning, we're, we're continuing the series on extending our reach. And how can we reach out to those in, in our lives, in our community, in our, in our sphere of influence? And I want us to see the importance of going out and telling others about Christ. And I want us to see that really it involves four practical steps. And it begins by following the Savior. Jesus gave the first command. What did he say? Follow me. Let's look at our scripture, Mark 1, Verse 16. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, he said, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. You know, that's really where the Christian life begins and ends, isn't it? In following Jesus. Now, now literally, the Greek language here, it says, come behind me. In other words, he's saying, get behind me. Fall into my footsteps. Just do what I do. He's just asking them to follow the master. And notice he doesn't say, look at me. He doesn't say, learn from me. He doesn't even say, love like me or or, listen to me. He just says, follow me. Just follow me. Just do what I do. And really, life's greatest decision boils down to this. Am I going to follow Jesus or not? Uh, Jacob Neusner is a modern-day rabbi, the world's preeminent scholar on Judaism in the Christian era. He's written a number of books. One is titled, A Rabbi Talks with Jesus, and it answers the question of how a Jewish rabbi would have responded to Jesus Christ. And in the book, he makes it plain. He has a great respect for Jesus and and Christianity. He even admits that the Sermon on the Mount left him impressed and moved. He said that sermon alone would have quickened his interest to motivate him to join the crowds that followed Jesus from place to place. But he said then he would have parted company with Jesus. He said Jesus takes an important step in the wrong direction and moves the emphasis from us as a Jewish community I. He said he couldn't go along with the shift from, from the Torah, from the scriptures, to Jesus as the central authority. He said that the issue is the figure of Jesus, not his teachings, because in the end, the master makes a demand that only God can make. And then he turns away and refuses to put his faith in Christ. And he's right in one respect, isn't he? Jesus made a statement that only God can make when he said, follow me. And really it boils down to this. If Jesus is God, then follow him. If Jesus was not God, then forget him. Billy Graham was in a town years ago, and he had a letter he wanted to mail, but he didn't know where the post office was. And so he stopped this little boy on the street and he asked him for directions. And the boy said, "Sure, no problem. You go down to the stoplight and you turn left, you go two blocks, the next light, you turn right, and it's right there in the corner." And Dr. Graham thanked him, and he said, "Son, if you're in the area, come to the convention center tonight, and you can hear me tell everybody about how to get to heaven." And the boy said, "Oh, well, thank you, but I don't think I'll come." I mean, after all, you can't even get to the post office. (laughs) See, I have to tell you that Jesus not only knows the way to heaven, Jesus is the way to heaven. He not only knows how to live, he is life abundant. And the first command he ever gave his disciples was, follow me. Because really, that's where discipleship begins and ends. And following him. And then we find the sinner. See, if you follow Jesus, what did he say? I will make you fishers of men. Following Jesus is discipleship. Fishers of men is evangelism. And there are some people that try to separate the two, evangelism from discipleship. And and in one way you can, but, but realistically you can't. There was one pastor who did a dissertation on the Gospel of Luke and the subject of evangelism for discipleship. And he spent three years of his life working on this, and this is his conclusion. The end of evangelism is discipleship. In other words, we are making disciples. We're not here to make decisions. But the essence of discipleship is evangelism, because Jesus said, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. So the question he raised is, if you're not fishing, are you truly following? If the mark of the follower is fishing, are you truly a follower? R.A. Torrey said, I would like to ask what right a man has to call himself a follower of Christ if he is not a soul winner. There is no such thing as following Christ unless you make the purpose of Christ's life the purpose of your life. See, we need to understand that the church exists for the fish who have not yet been caught. And it's our job to go out and to find those fish and to catch those fish and to bring them in to the kingdom of God. In Mark 3, 13, it says this Jesus went up on a mountainside, and he called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, designated them apostles, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach. See, first Jesus called them to him, and then he sent them out. You know why he sent them out? It's because fish don't come to the fishermen. Fishermen have to go to the fish. Now Paul took what Jesus said and he applied it in in a more logical, rational point of view. He said this in Romans 10, verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. If we can change the wording of this just a bit to go with our our fishing theme for the morning. For whatever fish bites the bait of the gospel will be saved. But how can a fish be caught without bait? And how will they bite the bait unless they see it? And how will they see the bait unless it's put in the water? And how does the bait get into the water unless the fisherman goes to the lake? See, if we're fishing for men, we have to go to the lake. We have to go to the fish. Incidentally, you know where a good fisherman fishes? Anywhere he can find fish. So our calling is to go where the fish are. Uh, There's a, a story I really enjoyed. A Major League Baseball player, Jose Alou, and he was playing for the San Francisco Giants in the 1962 World Series. And they were playing against the Yankees, and Bobby Richardson of the Yankees hit a double, and he's on second base, and he's just a few feet away from Jose. And, and Bobby turns while he's standing there, and he yells out, Jose! Jose! And Jose said, I, that, that's so weird. Why, why, what does he want with me in the middle of this World Series baseball game? He said, I knew that he was a Christian. I couldn't believe he was trying to, to confuse me. And so Bobby called out again. He said, Jose. And Jose turned and looked at him. And Bobby said, I want to ask you a question. Do you know Jesus? Now, Jose had taken a stand for Jesus shortly before the World Series. And he said, well, yeah, I do. And afterwards, Jose said, you know, he'll never forget that, that sight of Bobby Richardson's face, the sound of his voice, in the middle of a World Series baseball game, one of the most important things to a baseball player And he looks and he says, do you know Jesus? See, that's what I call a good fisherman. Always looking for opportunities to go to the fish. The next step is is freeing the spirit. See, notice Jesus said, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. So how does he make us fishers of men? It's through the Holy Spirit. John 15, verse 26 says, "When the helper comes whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, and you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning." See, notice, we are called to bear witness. I don't know if you've ever been a witness in, in a case, but lawyers know that one fundamental truth of being a good witness is you have to have first-hand knowledge of the subject that you're speaking about. You don't have to be highly intelligent or widely read or, or even extremely eloquent. You just have to have personal first-hand knowledge of the experience. Because that's what a witness does. He simply shares his story. He tells his testimony. You testify to what you've seen and heard and know. That's what God calls us to do. You also bear witness. You also share your story. Tell your testimony about what you've seen, about what you've heard, about what you know. There was a man going door to door, and he was sharing about Christ, and he knocked on one door, and a man came, and he said, Sir, you saved And he said, well, yes, I am. He said, well, how do you know you're saved? He said, well, I was there when it happened. (laughs) See, that man had a testimony. And if we have a story to share, we can be a witness for Christ. And now, in a court of law, attorneys will tell you sometimes they have the key witness. And the key witness is someone who brings evidence that turns the entire case around. It can literally determine the decision for the judge and jury. See, the good news for us is we have a key witness. It's the Holy Spirit. Because honestly, left to ourselves, we can never succeed in being an effective witness. But with the Spirit of God inside of us, we can do amazing things. Because you see, we're not just to simply witness for Christ, we are to allow him through his Spirit to witness through us. And when we free the Spirit in our lives, we begin to testify about Jesus because he testifies about Jesus. And the final step is we go fishing. We go fishing for souls. Jesus made it plain. He said, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, Jesus didn't invent that term, fishers of men. It was a common description of philosophers and, and other teachers of that day. And what they did is they would capture the minds of men and through their teaching and persuasion. They, they would bait the hook, and their teaching would catch disciples. You know, it's very interesting that the first title that Jesus ever gave his followers wasn't bishops or, or pastors or elders or apostles. The first title he gave his followers was fishers of men. And he didn't say, follow me and I'll make you healers of the sick or follow me and I'll make you workers of miracles. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That word make, that tells me there's time for preparation. There's a place for training. Because anybody can try and fish, but really it takes time and preparation to become an expert Fisherman And we can talk about fishing all we want to but the truth of the matter is you never become a fisherman Until you start fishing Let me share one more thought with you before we close. It's a a story titled the plea for fishing It came to pass that a group existed and they called themselves fishermen and and there were many fish in the waters around in fact, the whole area was surrounded by streams and lakes filled with fish, and the fish were hungry. And week after week, month after month, year after year, those that called themselves fishermen sat in meetings and talked about their call to fish and the abundance of fish and how they might go fishing. They, they carefully defined what fishing meant and, as an occupation and said fishing is always the primary task of the fishermen. They searched for new and better methods of fishing, they built large, beautiful buildings called fishing headquarters, and the plea was everyone should be a fisherman, and every fisherman should fish. But the one thing they didn't do, they didn't fish. In addition to meeting, all the fishermen seemed to agree that what was needed was a board that would challenge the fishermen to be faithful in fishing. And a board was formed that had great vision and, and could courage and would speak about fishing and promote the ideas of fishing in far-off lakes. But the staff and committee members didn't fish. Large, elaborate, expensive training centers were built, and their primary purpose was to teach fishermen how to fish. But they only taught fishing. The teachers didn't fish. And it's true that many of the fishermen sacrificed and put up with all kinds of difficulties, and they received the ridicule of those who made fun of their fishermen clubs and the fact that they claimed to be fishermen but never fished. And they wondered about those who felt that it was of little use to attend their meetings to talk about fishing. I mean, after all, it was the master who said, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Imagine how hurt some were when, when one day someone suggested that if you don't catch fish you're really not a fisherman. But it sounded correct. Is a fisherman, is a person a fisherman year after year if he doesn't catch fish? Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So let me ask you as we close, are you following him? Are you going to fish? Or are you going to cut bait? Are we going to follow Jesus? Maybe this morning, you need to make that decision to follow Jesus. Or you need to uh, rededicate that decision that you made years ago, that I'm going to follow him. And I'm going to be a fisherman of men. If that's what you need, I know.